Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 35. John and Wendy talk to Sarah Noel Wilson. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? I am well. A bit of an experiment this evening. We're uh, trying out a different recording tool uh, because Skype is being stupid. So we're going <laughs> to try that. Uh, however, it's certainly not the first time that we've done other things. And Wendy, I'm hoping you can talk a little bit more about special series that launched a couple weeks ago now. Yep. Uh, when this releases, maybe you can talk a little bit more about Wonder Woman and what you're up to there. Yeah, happy to do that. So at uh, back at Sherm, I was hanging out with our friend uh, Ann Tompkinson, and she mentioned to me that she had a goal of only listening to women and um, people of color at the conference. Uh, she was making that concerted effort to to listen to those voices, and um, she was telling me about one of the speakers, um, Margaret Spence, and I was really disappointed because I wasn't going to have time to go hear her, and we came up with the idea that maybe we needed to do a podcast and talk with her, and Anne would be my co-host, and we would have some fun, and what started as Let's Do One had sprung into, as we were talking a uh, special series of HR Wonder Women where we talk to women of color. And Anne and I can use, use who we are at, and our place in society to highlight these women and share their voices and get them out in front of more people that maybe don't hear them. And uh, so we started with Margaret Spence. Um, we've got Sarah Morgan coming up, and we are open. So if you know of other women that we need to talk to, even if I haven't met them or if we don't know them on Twitter or anywhere else in the um, social media universe, so excited to uh, see how far we can take this and see who we can introduce not just to ourselves but to the rest of the HR Social Hour. So let me know. Tweet me. <laughs> no, I, and I have to give Wendy all the credit. This was a, a tremendous idea that she came up with, and when you hear that show, she did 99% of the editing too. So <laughs> we truly are an unstoppable force when it comes to podcast creation now. Look forward to hearing more of the Wonder Women shows and excited to, to see where it goes. We've got some other special things going on. I'll probably be doing some one-on-one -on -one type episodes with some people in the next few months as well. But enough about that. Yes. This is my fanboy episode. And <laughs> I... When I talked to this person the first time, I told her, I said, I, I'm fanboying out. I've never done that for another business professional, HR peer, somebody in, this, in our space. I love what she's doing in the community and, and putting out there. I want more people to know her and to be talking to her. Wendy, I, I'm not going to say anything else. I'll let you make the introduction and we'll get started. Awesome. So Sarah is an executive coach, keynote speaker, transformer of teams, researcher, and soon-to-be author. She helps people close the gap between what they intend to do and the actual impact they make. Sarah creates a safe, honest environment, preparing people to deal with real-world conflict, have more meaningful conversations, and to create purposeful relationships. She has a master's degree from Drake University in leadership development and a BA from the University of Northern Iowa in theater performance and theater education. She is a frequent guest lecturer at those universities. When she isn't helping people develop stronger relationships with themselves and others, she enjoys spending time with her husband, Nick, and their two fur babies, Seymour and Sally. So Sarah, welcome to the show tonight. We are so excited hey. to have you here. I'm, and I'm our honored. <laughs> our first question is, what's in your glass? As I go to take a drink, yeah. Um, yeah. I have only the finest 
Hy-Vee Natural Spring Water. <laughs> Yay, Hy-Vee! For those of you listening who don't know Hy-Vee, Hy-Vee is a Midwest grocery store. So, And it's not unnatural spring water, it's natural spring water. And you can get like, what, a 24 pack for four bucks? <laughs> like two ninety nine. <laughs> Which means somewhere it's like, you know, genetically altered water or something like that. I I want to hear more about the unnatural water. It's got to be available somewhere. Uh, I I think I had that last night as a market. My list of things of ideas to, you know, dream about but not actually pursue, which is unnatural. Sarah, I know we've had an opportunity to visit and trade notes online and what have you. And and, and as I said, you know, I'm so glad to have you with us. Talk to us a little bit of how you got started down the path with talent development. By chance. (laughs) (laughs) I was a theater kid in high school. I was a theater performance, theater education major. So I did not have business in my life. I, I grew up in a union family where my mom stayed home and my dad drove truck. And so I really didn't know the world of business. I took my first job in insurance simply because I wanted my nights free to do theater. And I quickly realized that the training was not effective, honestly. And I thought to myself, oh, I wonder if I could apply my principles from education and theater education to make insurance training more, not just more effective, but perhaps more interesting and entertaining. And so, <laughs> so I, true story, when I was interviewed for the insurance job, they asked me if I thought I could sit still enough to stay in a cubicle. <laughs> so that's what started it, was legitimately falling into insurance, um, and then having the opportunity to apply my education background. And I realized I really enjoyed training. I enjoyed helping people learn in a different way. And I also enjoyed challenging the status quo of business and how people thought about it. So that, that is how I got my start in talent development. But real quick, like side note, that when I was in high school and in college, I was a camp um, counselor and then a camp director for a camp for at-risk kids that happened to also be on grounds that had a ropes course. So I did a lot of ropes course instruction for leadership teams when I was like 18 or 19. Um, and at that moment I thought, man, is this something you could do for a living? But again, because I was in theater, I didn't understand the business world. I didn't realize that you could make a living doing this work. So the seed got planted pretty, pretty early on in my life. That's awesome. Just imagining my leadership team doing a ropes course. I, I might pay to watch that, quite honestly. That might be you kind of talked about that a little bit, your theater background, helping you get that start, um, mm-hmm. planning that idea. But uh, talk about that a little bit more. Your two-minute videos, which are extremely entertaining, love them, which obviously your theater background would totally help with that. But talk right. about that a little bit more and how you kind of evolved into that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, well, in addition to my theater, I did improvisation for over 10 years fairly regularly. So that's also an important piece of my background that influences how I show up. I was thinking about this in preparation for tonight and what I, you know, a couple of things that stand out. So obviously, yeah, public speaking, right? So I'm really comfortable on stage. You know, somebody asked me once, like, how are you so, like, what's your secret sauce? And I'm like, well, I've been on stage for 20 years. And when you do something for 20 years, you just become more comfortable with it. But I would say more specifically, anyone who's had the chance to either take some intensive acting classes, acting is all about self-awareness. It's all about getting to know yourself in a more intimate 
and um, vulnerable way. So my acting background and my theater background definitely sets me up to be very comfortable with emotions. I get, I'm very comfortable from a coaching perspective or when emotions show up in workshops. So I think there's a term like dancing in the moment, that, that ability to be present and to be able to let go. I love following the learning of groups that I'm working with. So if I have something planned, but the group needs to go somewhere else, I'm really comfortable just throwing, ripping off my script or ripping off my outline and going, okay, here's where we're going to go. It also like theater is the ultimate collaboration. I actually think, I think, I think every leadership team should have to put on a theater performance um, and play all of the different roles. And you realize that the actors are not, they're the most visible, but they're not the most important, you know, and suddenly you have an appreciation for the person who's changing you or who's running lights or the stage. I mean, really it's the stage manager who calls the shots. So that intensive um, collaboration, especially under pressure, I absolutely like that has served me really, really well. You know, the other thing that I was that that I think about when I think about theater, because a lot of the work that I do is helping people be comfortable with giving feedback and receiving feedback, is when you're in a show, you're always getting feedback. Like every time you do a rehearsal, you're getting notes. Your director is sitting down and like detail by detail, just ripping apart what didn't work well, telling you what did work well. So I got really comfortable early on with a high level of honest conversation and engagement. So those are some of the things from theater that I feel like influenced me in the work that I do now. And also just risk-taking. I mean, there's just, <laughs> like, there's just, there's stories I'll tell people and they're like, wait, you did what? <laughs> and I'm like, it's, you know, you got to experiment and be willing to play. Sarah, what are some of the, the biggest themes or issues with the candidates you're coaching these days or clients you have? Are they universal? Are they more de- dependent on the individual? You know, what do you see in your work out there? There's consistently three types of conversations that come up pretty consistently, no matter who I'm working with. The first one is, because uh, I do a lot of work with uh, senior, li- senior leaders, executives, a lot of times it's people who are moving into that executive role for the first time. So I do a lot of work around confidence and overcoming the imposter syndrome. I think that's more prevalent than people realize because people in those higher levels of power don't necessarily want to admit to people that they don't know what they're doing or they feel like they're a fraud or they're going to be found out. So there's a lot of work that happens with just, you know, reclaiming that power that they have and that greatness they have within them. So that's, that's a really common theme for both men and women. But I will say that that tends to show up more strongly for my women leaders that I work with. We know the confidence gap is sort of an epidemic issue where women underestimate their and undervalue their competence and men tend to overestimate their competence. So that's, that's one, that's a big one. And that's a big one that um, I get sought out for. And the other one is um, healing broken relationships, whether it's a team that's not as functional as it could be. Um, and maybe it's not even that the team is broken, but the leader is just struggling with how to make it more cohesive, how to pull them together. And so I do, I do a lot of work with teams who are needing to free the elephants and have conversations. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant doesn't want to be in the room. Let's let her, let's let her go. She wants to be out. So, which that could be a whole nother conversation. I have a whole I like- think so. <laughs> yeah, the blame offense and the avoid offense and the waste offense and you know all those elephants we create that just get in our way. Um, I love it. But um, yeah, so I do a lot, a lot of work um, with leaders who are are in a a low trust situation, whether it's with their team, with a coworker, or with a boss, and how do they navigate that? And then you know, and then the other types of conversations that come up are just people who are wanting to dream bigger for themselves. 
and you know maybe they're wanting to move to that next level and they don't know how to and they're wanting to get more confident with you know who they are get grounded with who they are so they can really lean into what do they want to be when they grow up so i would say that those are so those are some of the most consistent themes ah the ultimate question what do we want to be when we grow up i know and i and i don't think you should answer it i think you should ask yourself like who do you want to be on the journey right like right. how do you want to show up on the journey and to experiment and explore because yeah. we should never grow up completely. Yeah, for sure. We need to continue to have fun. <laughs> play, play is a really important part of our, our, our souls, I think. And we don't, we don't lean into it enough because we're trying so hard to look professional to someone else. And I know I spent a lot of time living in the land of, oh, I should do this. And once I let go of that and just like, this is who I am and this is how I'm going to show up, things just, life became much more enjoyable. Oh, definitely. I agree with that. How can I ask you guys a question? Is that a rule? Can I? <laughs> oh, she's breaking the rules. Uh, well, you, you're not the first. You're not the first to ask. So go ahead. Go so ahead. I'm curious, like when I when I share when I share those like themes of confidence, um, you know, building higher trusting, you know, just building relationships basically, and in and having the space to dream about what you want to be. Which of the, those might be true for each of you? Can I ask that? D all of the above. We're getting deep on the social. <laughs> You know, it, I Is think the there's silence and no. <laughs> well, you know, there, I think honestly, if if people are honest with themselves, and, and okay, if I'm honest with myself, we'll we'll bring it inward. I'm gonna say D, all of the above, because there's yeah. there's elements of all three of those in different aspects of of what I do, and I'm looking at making changes and where I work, and even in thinking about where we want to take the social hour, because it's growing much faster than I think John mm-hmm. and I imagined. Mm-hmm and doing these other things and you know how, how one good idea leads to another good idea leads to another good idea and then suddenly you're you know getting contacted and asked and all sorts of different things and it's like it, you know the, the 80s song john's gonna you're gonna come up with the name of you know this is not my beautiful house <laughs> this is not my beautiful life but it is and sometimes you just have to embrace where you are that that's the answer for me it's interesting to me how like success sometimes can be more scary than failure yes because you have to rise to the occasion in a way you don't have to when you're, the expectations are low, right? Like a lot bigger expectations when you're successful. Mm-hmm. You have to continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what a great problem to have for, for this. Yeah. You know, what you guys have created though. See, it's interesting because when, when you asked the question, I guess I was thinking more of it from a work perspective and that I think it, that trust and man, you know, management relationships and really understanding how to develop honest, open communication, being willing to have difficult conversations, right? And people don't like that. They don't like, well, it's that fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. For the show, yeah, it's bananas how it's gone. And I think to that end, yeah, we have to keep figuring out how to make it bigger, better, different. That's exciting. And it's, it is a little scary, but that's, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think somebody asked us six months ago, so what we'd be doing, I'd, if I'd be talking to you, nah. <laughs> probably probably said that. Not, not you just you in particular anybody you know really yeah. I mean honestly we didn't know where we thought it'd be 10 of our friends just enjoying the moment and it's <laughs> it's thankfully is many more many more yes thanks for indulging me I appreciate yeah. it <laughs> it's just curious oh no it was it was good it's you know and it's good to have the the back and forth too I think that makes it real tell us what you think makes a great leader and what organizations can do besides hiring you obviously, to help develop that leadership talent. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to go, here's, here's what not to do. Yeah. So I, I don't, can I swear? Will you get, will you bleep it out, John? 
So I, you, you, it, it, you can do yeah. whatever you feel is led to do. <laughs> so I lovingly say that I'm on a mission to rid the world of shitters, <laughs> and from the standpoint of because I was one, right? Because I had really good intentions, but there were just things I did that weren't effective, or um, things that I did unconsciously that I didn't realize were causing stress or negativity on the teams that I was leading. So what makes a great leader? I, I think one of the single most consistent things that I observe in leaders who I aspire to be or I admire are people who have a really deep level of self-awareness and not to confuse experience with self-awareness, but true deep self-awareness of they, they know what's important to them. They know how they want to show up. They're thoughtful about regulating their emotions, but they're also it's that internal self-awareness as well as that external self-awareness, meaning they are regularly seeking out feedback. They're creating that culture where people can tell them the truths. Um, so that's one factor that I think is just, that's a non-negotiable for me. Like that is a non-negotiable for being a great leader. I also think that um, great leaders love leading people as much as they love managing processes. Sometimes people get promoted because of their technical skills and then they don't know what to do with their teams or their people. <laughs> and so great leaders love that messiness of the human interactions and relationships and all of that and that they find joy in building up other people and that you know I I always say a great leader wants to become irrelevant you know that it's my that it's my job to build you up so much that you'll take my job someday and that I need to be comfortable with that instead of coming from a place of protection or 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 I I also think that really great leaders are confident with what they know and confident with what they don't know. That they're not afraid to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get back to you. Or you know what, I'm not the person who can answer that, but Wendy is a person who can help you with that. And I think that that vulnerability to be really clear and confident with what you know and don't know is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And then like most importantly, they don't take themselves too seriously. You know, like that they can play, that they can laugh at themselves, that they aren't so serious, right? That they can just be a human. And I don't, can I just say that to be a great leader? Just, just be a human. Can that be my, I love it. I like don't be <laughs> personally, but here's the funny thing with that, right? So when I, when I share that with people, inevitably people will go, oh, I know so many people who you could help. And then I wait and then I'll say, is there any chance you're one of them? Or like, could it be you? And then they're suddenly like, oh, I don't, I don't want to think like that, right? Because nobody intentionally wakes up going like, oh, how can I be a terrible boss that people hate <laughs> and they complain to their spouses too and I ruin their life? Like nobody wants that. And yet unintentionally that happens. That is so true. I, I think there's there's so many times when you look back and, you know, if you're honest with yourself, you look at a, at a time when you had an interaction with somebody and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. eee, I, that was not, that wasn't good. And being mm -hmm. open enough and, and um, vulnerable enough with yourself to be able to go back to that person and say, wow, I screwed up. Or if you get tough feedback to have the courage to say, what truth is there in that? What truth is there for them that made them feel that way, even though that wasn't my intention, right. but to try it on and go, well, what part of that actually, there might be something I need to consider here. I think that's, that's really hard because it hurts our egos, right? We want to think right. we're people. We want to think that we're hard workers. We want to think that, but we, you know, we have shadow intentions sometimes. And we also just don't always know what we don't know to be better. That is true. Sarah, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show. Yes. Our question connection. Do you remember how you first connected with us? I think our paths crossed on Twitter. I think we first met in the virtual world of tweeting. 
And um, I think I started following different HR tribe people and getting more involved in those conversations. And I think that John, you and I, your, yours was the name that I first came across. And then we, we missed our, our opportunity to meet in person in Chicago. And then we nerded out over our call. That's right. <laughs> Again, fanboying out, trying yep. not to. Is that accurate? Is that how we met? Or did we, did we have, yeah. we could make up a story. Oh, <laughs> we need to make it Okay. We, maybe, you know, maybe we'll change that question going forward. How would you think you'd like to first connect with us? <laughs> how, how should our I, meeting story be? <laughs> I think we first met because I was carrying a 24-pack of Hy-Vee unnatural spring water. <laughs> and you were like, where did you get that? And I was like, they're on sale for $2.99 at Hy-Vee. And okay, I'm considering that for the mix. Just we move forward. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Sarah, can you talk to us a little bit about how networking's helped in your career and what's been really effective for you when it comes to networking? Yeah, I mean, networking has been tremendous on so many different levels. I mean, I, you know, there's there's the obvious ones of meeting more people. It's opened up job opportunities. It's allowed me to meet some incredible friends. In the last couple of years, I've been very fortunate to network and connect with, um, in particular, really powerful business owners um, that are women. And the more I surrounded myself with both men and women, but predominantly women who were playing big, who were pushing, who were whatever, that, that challenged me to think bigger for myself. And so that was a huge just personal a benefit of expanding my network. Although I will say like, I, as even though I'm an extrovert and even though I love socializing, I really hate networking events and I hate the superficiality of like, you know, I'm literally standing in line and this guy passes me his card. And I'm like, we haven't even talked. Like, I don't, you're saying I want your card right now. But so for me, yeah. So, um, so I, I understand the benefit of networking, but for me, it's just like making connections. Like how and where can you make connections? And then you asked, did you ask, was there a second part of that question? Well, yeah, what's well, been effective for you, but it sounds like it's maybe not necessarily, you know, the in, there's ways to do it, but what's been worked. And it sounds like it's more about, you know, maybe if it's the online connection, expanding that or, you know, not, not, it's, not, it's certainly not about grabbing cards. I think we can all. It's, no, it's not. That, for me, like there's two values I really try to hold on to when I'm, you know, looking to, to deepen my, my network, if you will, or to build those connections is one just purely coming from a place of abundance. How can I help this person? How, who can I connect them with? What resources can I provide? You know, so that it's never about what can I get out of it, but just like, how can I serve them? Or how can I ask them questions to get them to think, think differently about themselves? And then, you know, I think that the, the others just like, for me, I would rather go deep. You know, it happened today. I was meeting with a woman who we've been playing tag quite a bit. We had an hour scheduled and we just connected and resonated and we sat there for two hours. And I would rather have a two hour conversation with one person than a you know, two hour work the room and meet 20 different people who I probably won't remember their names by the end of it. So I think for me, it's abundance and depth. I love that. So who do you read or follow for HR and business insights? I do legitimately, I really enjoy the conversations on Twitter, um, you know, whether it's next chat or, you know, the social hour, just all of those conversations. It's neat to be a part of those conversations um, especially because as I move out and am no longer internally in HR, it's a good way for me to stay connected to what some of the challenges are. I'm always reading the Harvard Business Review. And then from there, I'm looking at what's the research they're referencing. And then I look for the original research. But I would say like my newest 
leadership candy <laughs> that I like to chew on is Dr. Tasha Yurich. Yurich? I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She wrote a book called Insight, and it's all about self-awareness. And she just presents it in a way that is simple and powerful to think about self-awareness more, more deeply. And so that's, that's been a resource that I've referred a lot of my clients to. And we use just to think, to think more intentionally about self-awareness. Another thought leader I'm really enjoying getting the chance to work with as well is Judith E. Glazer. She, is a, she calls herself an organizational anthropologist. And so she's done a lot of work connecting the neuroscience between trust and distrust to our conversations. And so her whole philosophy is called conversational intelligence. Um, I've had the chance to be certified and train with her, but it's just an interesting perspective. So I, I really enjoy anyone. I, I'm a big fan of like, what's the science behind what we're doing? And, and not necessarily just from a research perspective, but the biology. Like, I love the biology of why do we do what we do? And, you know, obviously you have Adam Grant, who everyone's loving on right now. But yeah, I just, I love, I love understanding like, well, what is it about that that causes us to react that way? Or what, like, what, what is it about conflict that we avoid and what's biologically happening? So I, I like, I enjoy reading people from a neuroscience perspective. That's cool. Some great new ones. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, let me add another one to the list. This is a local, <laughs> a local person. She does a lot of work and research on ethics and the circle of care and how does that influence us as leader and, and her name's Dr. Chris Wildermuth. I have the opportunity to you know call her a friend and work closely with her but when we're together it's just a fireball of leadership inspiration and, and thoughts and things like that but she's got some really great research on how depending on how close people are to our circle of care we treat them very differently and I think that's really interesting for leaders to explore and think about. Sarah how do you enjoy giving back to the HR business leader community? I probably could do a better job. No, um, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that, so for, for me, again, I, I, I always want to come from a place of abundance. And so I speak at a lot of HR conferences and yes, like I'm, you know, obviously it's an opportunity for me to get exposure, but I always want to, I never want people to leave going, Oh, she held some stuff back so I could hire her to get like, I just want to leave it all on the table. So I really believe in coming from a place of abundance, whether that's, sharing information, answering questions, exploring. Locally, I'm certainly like, I work with a lot of leaders in just helping them work through difficult conversations. So there's a couple of them that have me on speed dial. To just like, <laughs> think through of how do I approach this? And how do I want to work through that? So I'm continuing, you know, I, I'm continuing to figure out how do I give back in a meaningful way? Because business has challenged my time so much that sometimes it's, uh, I have to be really thoughtful about where I focus my energy. So there's some organizations locally who do some incredible talent development opportunities for nonprofits for free. And so I'm always eager to donate my services. So I've done half day workshops for nonprofits, or there are certain nonprofits locally that I'm really passionate about. Just like, I know you can't afford this, but I really want to help you because I believe in your cause. So I think that those, you know, those are the ways I hope, right? Like I, I always want, no matter if it's a conversation or a presentation that people leave going, Oh, that was practical. I can do something <laughs> now. I can think, diff you know, there's like, this is something tangible I can apply. That's how I try to show up. Very cool. So what's your favorite movie? Nightmare Before Christmas. It, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a movie that I watch every year. It's Nightmare Before Christmas in basically any Christmas movie. Um, but I mean, you know, I love anything by Pixar, but there's just a special place in my heart for 
Jack and Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas and just the attention to detail with the clan animations. And, and that was also back when Tim Burton was good, right? I mean, like, <laughs> he fell off the wagon with Planet of the Apes and he just didn't quite recover. I agree with and that. Some people might appreciate that. <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? Okay, uh, Ben Folds. So I'm, a, I'm like a slow, like I like ballads. I think because my brain is moving so quickly all the time and with my ADHD and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm typically moving really fast. I like slow music. So I love like good Ben Folds, Nora Jones. I'm a sucker for the monkeys. I grew up loving on the monkeys. Peter Tork was my first crush when I was <laughs> But when I'm, when I'm working and I really need to just get in the zone, I listen to either Christmas music or Walt Disney World Park music. Did you know that Walt Disney World Park music is a thing? I, it does not no. surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me, but... Not at all. Like if you go on 8-Tracks or Spotify or whatever, I mean, just like there's something... So for me, there's something about I like listening to music when I'm stressed or really working on something that's familiar. So it like activates my brain enough so that I can focus, but it's not distracting. So sure. I also listen to like a lot of classical music as well. I wonder if that would work for my kids. <laughs> there's some, there's some really interesting, I mean, you know, it's interesting to consider, especially if they struggle with ADHD, that's a conversation for another day, but there's, yeah. you know, musical therapy is really valuable in helping the brain focus in a certain way. Uh, how about a favorite TV show? Mm -hmm. Anything with really good acting. And because I was an acting coach, I feel like I could, I'm constantly like unintentionally like, oh, they really weren't connected in the moment. Like I could just tell they weren't like really present with that emotion or they're not really seeing their dad when they talk about it. So, I mean, so great acting stories like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Game of Thrones. But lately we don't watch a ton of TV. My husband and I don't. Um, but when we do, we lately we've been watching Bob's Burgers. Like, ah, yay! So that's the it's it's late at night. We just kind of want to zone out. We just want to enjoy something. So it's Bob's Burgers or Futurama, something you know, something that's just a little light and again familiar, right? There's something beautiful about it being familiar. All right. <laughs> well, I, I would say you know we always had to find some connection. We have Ben Folds and we've had Ben Folds Friday for a bit now. Uh, yeah, you win with Bob's Burgers. That's yeah. uh, that's Wendy's favorite. So it is. Is it? It's family time. We like. <laughs> Bob's Burgers, like there's a new episode. We like all get together. We're around the big TV. We got popcorn and yeah, we love, love that show. It's so much fun. For my birthday, uh, my family got me the Bob's Burgers Burger Cookbook. I love it. I will need to take a, a picture. My husband's an artist. And so he did caricatures of us in our favorite cartoons. So he did us in the Bob's Burgers style in the <gasps> Rick and Morty style. Oh, that's so awesome. I'll have to send that to you. Oh, I, we, yeah, we need that. Get to see it, yeah. But I promise you it's amazing. <laughs> I, you know what? My, my youngest is turning into quite the artist and she did, you know, they had the, the special episode where they had fan art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She sat down and did her own. Oh, I love it. So maybe I'll have to ask her to, if she'll draw me as Linda and envision oh, me yes. as Linda and see what she comes up with. Yeah. <laughs> So is that your character? Are you that Linda? is my character. I'm Linda. Yeah. I, what are, who are you, John? Oh, I don't watch it. My, it's not my thing. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just not my thing. Yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> when you're not watching Nightmare Before Christmas or listening to Disney theme park music, which I find fascinating. That's so awesome. I worked in Opryland. I could not imagine listening to Opryland music when I didn't work there. And then, Or Bob's Burgers. W what else do you like to do outside of work when you're you know, away and have that time? What do you like to do? 
that's a challenging question because I'm trying to find that time right now. Right. So, so naps are really good. <laughs> naps are a really important part of my recharge. You know, f- for me, the most important thing is just getting to spend time with my family, whether it's with my husband or, you know, talking with my parents uh, or hanging out with the neighbor kids. We, my husband and I actually, we collect video games. So every once in a while, we'll pull out some of our old video game collections and we'll just play and just have fun and be silly with each other. Sometimes I play the piano. That becomes another thing that I do to relieve some stress is to just play for myself, not for anyone else. I have an accordion. I'm trying to teach myself the accordion. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now and it's like, you haven't played me in so long. Oh, Sarah, I think we would be really good friends. Yeah. Old <laughs> did we video. just become best friends? I think we did. Yes. Yes. My husband, well, maybe you, your husband, my husband, you know, get us all together. He recently purchased the, the, the new Nintendo where it's got all the na- games in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really a big video game person, but he made me play the old Tesco football with him. Nice. Yeah, he beat me like 90 to nothing. Um, yeah, that's but. all right. Though. You played, you leaned into that. A sign of a good relationship is that you lean into each other's passions. Exactly. We had fun. So, so Sarah, if you weren't um, coaching, mm-hmm. what do you think you'd be doing professionally? Teaching, which is essentially what I do now. Um, <laughs> I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, or I have this um, dream of owning, I want to own a candy shop. <laughs> oh, fun. I want to, there's something about, there's something magical about that, like in an old school Willy Wonka, right? Like the, you know, in the, the Gene Wilder version, not the, not the, the Tim Burton version, but there's something <laughs> I, I just, I, I love is why I'm drawn to Disney, but I love anything that creates that, that delight, right? There's a lot of heaviness with life. And so I love just that sense of delight and wonder that's, I'm really drawn to those kind of experiences to create with people. Yeah, and well, there's a market for um, pulling out the old, um, the old candies, mm-hmm. finding, you know, that traditional candy that people remember when they grew up and selling that. And mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of shops like that. And my husband and I just go like, oh, yay, I remember this candy. Zagnats. Like, yay. Yes. Zolts. <laughs> yes. Zolts were never good. Don't be fooled. They weren't good when you were kids. They aren't good now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, just something like with delights. I've even thought about like, oh, what if I just someday just roasted peanuts at festivals and stuff that like I don't you know just things that are just like make people smile yeah I like that Sarah you have successfully survived the question connection yes. the conversation as a whole I, I think your delights I, I I I know that our listeners are better to have to get to know you from this and again I, I cannot thank you enough for doing it it was so much fun and Oh, I just, I, yeah, like I said, I'm still fanboying and, and I can't help it. I'm such a fan, but this is for those folks that don't know you, this is a chance let the listeners know how can they reach you out there and what anything you'd like to share. Yeah. I mean, they can connect with me at my website, which is just www.sarahnollwilson.com. Sarah with an H because I'm a complete Sarah, Noel, N-O-L-L, Wilson.com. Um, that's where you can also see the manager minute video, sign up for my newsletters, but on, you know, honestly, just I love connecting and meeting people who are excited about learning and wanting to grow themselves and not even necessarily from like, Oh, what can I do to help grow you? But just to find more people who are passionate about pushing themselves. So you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm easily accessible in all of those, all of those ventures. That's great. We will put all that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for our listeners to reach you? Uh, best way is always Twitter. I am Wendell93. Uh, happy to connect there. You can find me on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. Um, you won't find me without the E. Uh, happy to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram as well. Um, you'll, you'll find me on both places. And always the uh, fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will find me on Twitter uh, under the hashtag HR social hour for our monthly Twitter chat. So I hope you all join us. How about you, John? You can find me on Twitter, John, J-O-N underscore Thurmond, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. Always happy to connect on LinkedIn. Again, always ask too, if you would personalize the uh, note, uh, yeah. invitation, I'd really appreciate it. If you have a question or comment about the show or monthly chat, send us an email at hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search the HR Social Hour. You'll find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Podchaser, hrpodcasters.com, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. And as always, if you like what you hear, rate and review, subscribe. Give us a five stars, thumbs up, whatever it may be. It helps us build the community. It gives us that much more visibility on the platforms, and we always appreciate it. So, again, Sarah, thanks for being with us tonight. For the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you.